So that's why I decided to transition out of a single family into multi-family so that I can be more productive with my time. Because time is the most valuable commodity that we have because we don't know how much time we still have on this earth. Because you want to maximize that. Welcome to the REI Mastermind Network where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. Jason Malabute is with me here today. Jason, I appreciate you giving me this time and Jason is a real estate investor, has an MBA, licensed CPA, a lot of experience. And Jason also has cerebral palsy. And so we're going to dive into no excuses when it comes to not only your real estate investing, but your business life in general. And Jason was recently just told me a story about you. You have a meetup tonight. You were at the gym working out you sprained a toe or injured yourself in the process you're going to be you're still meeting you're still going to progress with that i'm going to point everybody to your website jason and i'm going to i'll make sure to have this link in the show notes but it's jasonmalabute.com and your next meetup will have this episode released before then it will be october 26th so go to jason's website reach out there and Jason can maybe get you on the list or give you some details. But thank you, Jason, for being here with me today. Thank you very much, Zach, for having me on your show. I really appreciate that. You mentioned you'd like to talk a little bit about making no excuses and something that I took a note on, and maybe I'm taking it out of your book there, but you said the words, losers looked for excuses and winners find a way to make it happen. Could we start at the very beginning uh, specifically regarding your condition and what the process and what happened there? Yeah, I was born with cerebral palsy. People that don't know what cerebral palsy is, cerebral palsy affects their motor skills. So the degree of cerebral palsy depends on person to person. Some people have a mild cerebral palsy and some people have a more what's the word I'm looking for a more severe case of cerebral palsy when I was born the doctor told my parents that I'm going to be able to walk talk or be able to think for myself however when I was growing up my mom especially my mom she would drive me around we would go to the mall and we would see people with a, with a whole bunch of cerebral palsy, with a whole bunch of different kinds of disabilities. And they would be doing minimum wage type of work. And then there's nothing wrong with minimum wage type of work. But I knew that I would do something greater than that. My expectations for myself. And how I saw myself, even as a child, was at a very high level compared to what society expected. So I always held myself to a higher standard. 
when you were talking about losers looking for excuses in a lot of way, a lot of people also see themselves as victims and they just stay in that mindset. It sounds like you were self-motivated in that. How did your family help you regarding keeping that mindset and where it needed to be? Yeah, because think about it, Jack, growing up with growing up with a disability. I mean, it's very easy for me just to throw in the towel a long time ago. I have collected disability. They would just stay at home and just watch TV every single day and not do nothing with my life. But I always wanted more for myself. And, and something that my parents always told me growing up, especially with that, they always told me, when you become an adult, you're going to have a hard time finding a high-paying job because you need disability. And what it is, you can't complain, so he really puts me towards entrepreneurship. And then growing up, going to college, I didn't know what kind of business I wanted to start until I found real estate. And then uh, that's when I became obsessed with that. The going through college and then eventually earning your MBA and you're a CPA, and that's not exactly the easiest process to get through for anybody, let alone in your situation. You went on campus, you went, where did you go to school? So I don't know if you're from around here, Jack, but it's a small private university in Rebecca, California. It's called Word for every university, and that's where I got my of science of in accounting and also my MBA. Sure. And then you went the entrepreneurial route. What sure. made you decide to do that versus you would have probably still earned a pretty stable job or what would people would consider a pretty stable job in the uh, W-2 world? No, I would have. Because I was trying that for years, like after college, everybody told me that when you have a college degree, it's easier for you to get a job. No, wrong. Because I applied for pretty much every single firm here in Los Angeles. I was going on interviews, but I was not getting hired. However, back in 2015, I went to a conference in there, to an accounting conference. I finally landed an accounting job out in Culver City, which I'm very thankful for that opportunity. However, I was not making the kind of money that other people in my profession would make. And I was trying to move to another firm so I could increase my salary, but I was struggling to do that. That's when I realized that, that, hey, I've been doing this for years and not getting the success I want, but at the same time, I was able to build my real estate portfolio to a significant amount. So I was thinking, Maybe a reason why I couldn't find the kind of accounting job that I wanted is because maybe that's not what God put me here for. He did not put me here to become an employee for the rest of my career. He put me here to do something brilliant. And that's how I fell in love with the whole entrepreneurial 
Right. So what's your core business? Are you primarily a hired gun CPA or do you focus on your real estate? I no longer practice accounting or that. I'm 100% focused on real estate. I'm really focused on the multi-family side. And specifically, we focus in the Indianapolis and the Kansas City markets. Okay. So when you got into real estate, can I ask, what started you on that journey? How did you find your way to real estate investing? So I was doing my client's taxes, and they had a rental property. And when I was doing their taxes, I realized that, hey, these people are making money without them doing anything. It doesn't matter if they go to a different Bring their toe and not go to work, they're still making money. So, so that's when I got first introduced to real estate. Then I remember 2018, I took the whole year just studying real estate. I went on bigger pockets, reading every single forum post, every single blog, I was watching every single podcast interview that they were doing. I was a big, great Cardona fan. So, so that's, that was my first year of, of my real estate was just One of the things that strikes me there is that at an early age then, as being a CPA, you saw people taking advantage of real estate when you're doing their taxes. I frankly just don't run into a lot of CPAs who took a similar path. You'd think that they'd all notice the similar trend when they're working on other people's taxes. Because most accountants by nature are conservative. And they are going to value security more than growth. That's why they would rather try to climb the corporate ladder rather than try to venture out and do something themselves. Okay. So in real estate, when you first started off, did you start off wholesaling, jump right into rentals? What are you, what, and what does it look like here today and how has it evolved? Yeah, so when I first started, I was investing in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm in Los Angeles, California. That's 2,000 miles away. And I was doing buy and hold. I was doing bird deals. And for those that don't know what, Birds stand for buy, rehab, rent, refinance, re- and that's the business model that, that I was doing when I was doing single family homes. Okay. So today you're pretty much doing your rental properties? Yeah, good point. Jack, so back in 2021, well, let me rewind. Back in 2020, I realized that when you're doing fur, it takes you about seven months for you to get your money back, for you to close the property, for you to rehab the property, to get qualified tenants, for you to find a lender to refinance. It's going to take you about five to seven months. And what I was thinking was spending all this time just just doing this for one door. So I had to scale, right? For example, like I, right now I'm reading a book um, 
by the founder of Blackstone. And for those who don't know, Blackstone is one of the biggest, or if not the biggest, real estate firms out there right now. And something that the author was talking about was that it takes a thin amount of energy and time to do something small as you do something big. So that's why I decided to transition out of a single family into multi-family so that I can be more productive with my time. Because time is the most valuable commodity that we have because we don't know how much time we still have on this earth. Did you want to maximize that? So back in 2020, I started working with my mentor very closely, Sterling White. And for those that don't know Sterling White, Sterling White is a successful real estate investor, 10 years of experience. When he built up his single family portfolio to, to 100 plus doors, exited out all that, and then built up a portfolio of 500 multi family doors. So I would do that. Most of the things that I know about real estate, I learned from him. I'm ending in 2021 last year. I decided to, decided to sell all my single family homes and quit my job. So that I could focus 100% on multi-family. You mentioned that you could put all this time and effort into one door, but now you're focusing on multiple doors. Yeah. You're being able, could you give us an example? It sounds like you've been doing this for about a 12-month period. How quickly has your portfolio been growing? Multi-family is different, especially in this market cycle that we are in now. Right, so like if you look at people like Grant Cardone, it took him three years for them to find his first apartment deal, and that his worth more than a half a billion dollars. So, so multi-family, it's not a rush. You really need a lot of patience, and so we're still looking for the right deal. But I feel like we're definitely going towards the right direction because. For example, when I first started, I was trying to do everything on my own, but now I built a team and it's much easier to scale when you have people who are helping you with the underwriting. People who are boots on the ground that able to meet with brokers, people who are able to meet with owners, face-to-face, people who are able to tour properties. And then at the same time, I have employees who are making calls for me, calling their owners for me. So we're going toward the right direction because something that people don't understand is that worse than... This is a business. You're not just buying property. You're building a business so that you can find properties that um, that are financially sound, properties that that are capital, properties that are getting a certain return on investment. So, just to remind everybody, we're talking to Jason Malabuti. You can find him at jasonmalabuti.com. I'll make sure to have that 
link in the show notes again and uh, take advantage of because you have another another meetup coming up October 26th and reach out through his website for those details or through social media. If you scroll to the bottom of his page is where you're going to find all his social media links. So Jason, you broached the subject, so don't blame me. We need to chat about the market conditions right now. What do you think is going on? What are your expectations and what do people need to brace for? I still remember back in 2020, 2021, I was depending on what market that they are investing in, because they thought that cap rates are going to continue to compress forever. But some people don't know that like, history always repeats itself. And even if it's not exactly the same, it's going to be a remix of what happened previously. So we're starting to see that now. Earlier last week, actually, we got another 75% basis point hike. And it's crazy because back in March, you can get interest rates range like 3%. And now bridges at 8%. If you were aggressively underwriting back in January, February, March, or 2021, and, and they go, if you did not have a cap on your rate, you are in big trouble and you should be calling me to come and buy your property for me. And now we're definitely going to see more coming up because we still have not learned our lesson of our president just did um, loan forgiveness with this pumping even more money into the economy which makes no sense to me whatsoever and I'm not even into politics I'm just into like economy and the business side um, I'm not sure why they would do that. And then the words after November, after the midterm elections, things are going to get worse. And then that's when we're going to see real opportunities. First quarter 2023, second quarter 2023. Yeah, I'm not going to get political either, Jason. But at this point, I almost feel like we're being taunted. You can't have something called the Inflation Recovery Act. And then when you re- gl- glance through it, it almost looks like it's doing the opposite in which it's titled. It's It doesn't, I just don't get it anymore. But you also talked about building a team. Like, can you talk a little bit about that process? And especially since you're doing everything from a distance, I can't stress how important it is to find those good people, boots on the ground, if you will, to do some of this work on your behalf in these markets. Can you see that? Peter behind me. Yeah, the, it says Bryant. Is that the one? Yes. That, uh, Kobe Bryant, right? Kobe Bryant was my favorite player growing up. And I remember 2000, 
what, 2005, 6, 2007. He was going crazy. I'm here with Robert, 34, 44, 54, 81 points. Every single night he was doing this. But he did not win the championship until he got the right pieces around him. And it's the same thing in real estate, right? Like, um, you can't do everything that on your own. You need a team. And I, eh, and then what's important to me when I'm choosing my team members is that they have the same values and the same vision as me. So I live my life by three values. One is integrity, which is doing what it's supposed to do, even when nobody's watching you. Two is accountability, which means when something happens, that's not how you want it to be. Take responsibility for it, because everything is your fault, because of the decisions that you made. So there's no finger pointing or any of that. And number three is being obsessed, right? So going back to my Kareem Bryant example, I remember watching Kareem Bryant during his practice. He would do the same move. He would practice the same hundreds of times during his practice so that when he goes to a game, he can execute the same on um, crossover pull-up jumper top perfectly because he does it. And then also he watches film of him play over and over again. And they're going while his his teammates are out helping and doing all that kind of stuff. He is working. And I feel like I bring that same kind of intensity in the real estate game as well. I appreciate you sharing those three pillars that you live by. It's really important. And another thing that you mentioned earlier is return on time. And I think that's one of those things that we as real estate investors or entrepreneurs for that matter, we get so focused on return on investment when in fact, what we're actually looking for is return on time. How have you found ways to provide that return on time for you? In some points, yes, I do go for for example, I have a co-caller who does all my calling for me because that's not the best use of my time is by me I'm sitting behind the phone and making those calls. Same thing with the, same thing with the underwriting. It's not the best use of my time either. But at the same time, I'm not concerned about work-life balance or any of that nonsense. All I care about is being successful and also being known for being the best at work. That's all I care about. Yeah. No, it's really interesting. It's a very different perspective. Everybody is hunting for that work-life balance, and that's sure a buzzword in every industry that we seem to touch. This has been a great conversation, Jason. I do have some rapid-fire questions that I'd like to throw at you if you're ready for them. But one more time, jasonmalabute.com, and you can connect with Jason regarding his next meetup and to learn more about Jason and what he's up to. But are you ready to give this a whirl? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So 
We've all seen the late night programs promising everybody to get rich quick to no money down when it comes to real estate investing. What is one of those real estate investing myths you'd like to bust? Oh, so many. But if I had to pick one, is that one deal is not going to make you rich. You're not going to be able to buy a Lamborghini or a day or a yacht of this one deal most of the time. So that's why you have to build your portfolio, but at the same time, it's important that your underwriting is conservative so that you can actually be cash-flowing and that eventually you can afford those Lamborghinis, Rolexes, Protect, and all those toys that you want. Yeah. One of the things that really struck me is when you were talking earlier about your about market conditions and you're absolutely right. People will do whatever they can to justify and change their underwriting guidelines to to match what they think the market is producing instead of sticking with their under their expectations or that return on investment that they need out of it. And frankly, you're setting the perfect example there is to just be patient and be selective versus altering what you that's really a lesson there that i just really it just when you just spoke now it just really struck me again yeah because for example jack um i remember one of the markets i'm looking into is kansas kansas city in the last year 2021 was a record breaking year for most marketing in our nation. And that Kansas City was no different. In fact, Kansas City had one of the biggest rent growth last year. I think it was like 8.9%. And when I was talking to brokers last year, they were telling me that some groups were winning deals because they were underwriting the deals at a 10% rent growth for the whole brand of the property. I was telling the broker, that makes no sense. First of all, it's about Kansas City is at 8% this year, which is a record-breaking year. So, so how are they justifying the 10%? And second of all, this is not going to happen again. So like, um, um, it's crazy to me how some people can, can manipulate what is the definition of, of being conservative. Yeah, as well as I do, those proformas that are associated with, now you're probably deep into it. They come with a lot of multifamily properties. Those proformas, as much as I'm concerned, it's fiction yeah. more than anything else. They're just painting such a rosy picture. Until you get into the weeds and actually ask for details, I don't even know why they bother sending it to me. Anyway, <laughs> what was your biggest real estate investing mistake you've made, and what did you learn from it? One of, one of the properties I purchased, I didn't know how to read a inspection report when I first when I first got into real estate investing. So I kind of skimmed. To it, I asked a couple people what they thought, and the course, they all said, "Oh, it's it's fine." And 
I don't see any red flags. Yeah, you don't see any red flags until it's time to sell. And one of the things that I missed on that inspection report was um, with knob and tube wiring. And for me to fix that knob and tube wiring, that would cost me $15,000. So we were having a hard time actually selling that property. Um, because people were giving us cash offers. Um, that was more than our asking price. However, they were all backing out. So that was a really challenging time. However, luckily for me, I was able to find somebody who was willing to pay full price despite all those red flags on that Basic reports, and that, that's one thing I'm proud of is that I've never lost money real estate. I broke it even on some deals, but I can say that I've learned more from the deals I've broken even from residents than the one that I made profit. Give me a book you would recommend that everybody check out, or what are you currently reading? Rich Dad Poor Dad. So for everybody, I told Jason beforehand not to say Rich Dad or Think and Grow Rich because we get that so often. So a good book that I really love that I read so many times when I I first got a hold of it was Be Upset or Pretty Average by Grant Cardone. I recommend people to read that book. Okay, great. If you could go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that be? I will keep it PG. I will say leave the women alone when you are still in your 20s. Forget about partying. Forget about going out. Just focus on building your business. You know, Focus on building your business when you are young. And then um, all that stuff will naturally come as you become more successful and respected by your peers. Sure. And then lastly, Jason, is there a question or concept you wished we would have covered here today? Yeah. Like what am I doing now in the multifamily? Right? What is our strategy moving forward? But if you guys want to learn more about that, you guys can go to my website, which is www.jxmlpooch.com. You can book a call with me, and now we can talk more about multifamily investing. That is awesome. I appreciate it again, Jason. You're welcome back. I hope you'll take me up on that invite. And I'll make sure to have all those corresponding links in the show notes. So, Jason, thank you again. Once again, Dad, thank you so much for uh, providing me with a platform to share my story. Have you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing? If so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.